Hello and welcome back to Holding Space Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy, and I am back this December here at the end of 2019 with a few episodes all about pregnancy and preparing for postpartum. And in today's episode, so the first of the pregnancy postpartum prep series, I have my good friend Chrissy Powers back on the podcast. Chrissy is a licensed marriage and family therapist. She's a mom to three. She's also a writer, a photographer, and a business coach. And she uses her platforms to talk about issues such as body image, body love. She's been open about her own history with having an eating disorder. And in this episode, we explore body image during pregnancy. I'm so grateful to have Chrissy back on the podcast and to share our conversation with all of you. So let's get to the conversation. You're listening to Holding Space Podcast with Dr. Cassidy Freitas, licensed marriage and family therapist. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Now, let's jump in. Chrissy, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast, and I'm so excited to dive into our topic today all about body love. I feel like you are the perfect person to talk to about this, and we'll be focusing today on that peripartum stage of life, so getting pregnant and your changing body and then all, you know, rec- you know, your body after you have the baby and if you recognize your body and not have your baby, all those things. So I'm just, I'm really grateful to you and your willingness to come on and talk about this with me today. Well, thank you for having me. I love your show. I love being, um, I usually, it's like the Oprah show. I cry on it. (laughs) (laughs) I love this topic so much. I am so passionate about, um, you know, body love and embodiment. I'm just learning so much about it and I'm like, I can't keep this a secret. So I feel like I have Mm -hmm. to have to talk about it. So thank you for having me. So let's dive, let's dive right in, Chrissy. I know that you have, you know, publicly on social media and on your blog and on your podcast, which is the Sure Babe podcast, you Mm -hmm. have shared a lot about your relationship with your body and your history um, with Mm -hmm. your relationship with your body. And so I would love to hear you talk a little bit about that here and just sort of introducing this topic. Um, Just, yeah, a little bit of your history. Um, well, I've learned in therapy (laughs) when I go back into the history, I can remember being in kindergarten and comparing myself to other girls and thinking that like either it was like my dress wasn't pretty enough or I wasn't, you know, pretty enough. I wore glasses. So I always kind of felt like a um, little different. And so I can remember like, that's the first time I ever learned that negative tape in my head came on thinking that you're not good enough. And then obviously I think most women it's in adolescence that we start really kind of challenging, um, our bodies and, and beating them up with, you know, negative words or negative images that we think they should look like. And for me, that was definitely true. Um, I, I was, um, 16 years old and I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's disease, which is an autoimmune disorder where, um, your antibodies attack your thyroid. And so I, all of a sudden, like kind of my weight escalated. Um, 
And I thought it was just puberty, but I was also really lethargic and depressed, could not concentrate, was having such a hard time in school. And I was still trying to like maintain like all my extracurricular activities and sports and it just wasn't having it. So I um, found out I was diagnosed with that. And then once I was on medication, I regulated my thyroid. But um, now when I go back, I look at like, why did my body do that? And I really do believe a lot of it has to do with like, um, well, there's so many things that are wrapped up into that and I'm not expert, so I can't do that. But, but the mental part for me was like, I was, it was always like, you know, trying to get my body to look a certain way and to be different than it was. I was never accepting her. And Mm. when I look back and I personalize my body like that, I get emotional because I feel like, um, she's been through so much. And so it was, it, so in high school, that was kind of like, you know, the first learning of like diet culture. I learned how to, you know, sort of diet. Um, but it really wasn't until college where I, I learned like, oh, wow, if I restrict these foods, like I'll lose weight. And so I started to really get, found my worth and identity in running and being fit. And so, I did that like on the weekends, like I would run 17 miles and oh. work my body to the ground also while studying. And then I would just, you know, stick to limited amounts of food, you know, vegetables and beans. And it was just not, I remember I ran a marathon in, in um, college and I almost passed out at the end, like, because I really, I, my body was not, it could do that, but it was like, I wasn't even giving her what she needed to even run a marathon. I was so in my head mentally. I was so in my mind of like what I should look like and how my body should be that I couldn't even listen to her when she was running a freaking marathon. So that is my story of, or my background of um, where it kind of all went awry for me. Um, And then there's the redeeming part of that story where I finally realized I'm, so trapped in my mind my body is like so confused and out of sync with with myself that um you know I was I'd lost a bunch of weight in college I definitely was considered anorexic and then um was so tired of that mind game of being stuck that I went to go get help and um it was in seeing a therapist that actually had a eating disorder and recovered from it that she helped me really see that there was hope that I could be different. I could eat, um, I could eat a pizza again and not, um, Mm -hmm. you know, eat the whole thing. Cause after, you know, restricting for so long, I kind of went and swung the other way on the pendulum and overate. Um, but the same emotions were there. I was just, Mm -hmm. I was depressed. I was lonely. I was sad. I was trying to make myself be something I wasn't. And, um, once I got help and really realized that, I could start trusting my body again. Um, I came back to her and then I'm so happy that by the time I got married, I really felt like I was, I was okay with myself. I was like accepting my body. Um, and then when I became pregnant with my first child, um, it wasn't as scary as I thought it would be, you know, having to gain weight and then, yeah trusting my body to like lose weight after. So, um, yeah, there's so much more I could probably share in that, but in a nutshell, that's a little bit of the history of, you know, 
me trying to change my body to be something it wasn't supposed to be. Chrissy, talk to me a little bit about this, 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 the languaging you're using here. It gave me goosebumps when you said, when you personalized your body and you said, I wasn't taking care of her or this is what I was doing or I wasn't trusting her. Um, Tell me about that shift and, and, and Mm -hmm. when, when did you begin to, yeah, talk about your body in that way? Literally, it's been like a month. (laughs) I've been on a new journey, um, which is great because it's not like you just get to this place where you're like, I love myself now. I'm okay with being a size six or I'm okay with being a size whatever. Um, I am even going deeper into really learning like who I am as a woman and who I am in my body. Um, I'm in a women's group and we're learning all about these things. Um, and really going back to changing the mental tapes that we've played since childhood. And I was actually on a run and I was listening to a podcast. Um, and it was on the liturgist podcast and it was, I say that with a tinge of like, take it with a grain of salt. Cause some of the stuff they talk about is really out there, but I'm like, I like challenging myself and listening to things that are like, Hmm, what do I think about that? Do I believe that? Do I not? So anyways, I was listening to the liturgist podcast and there was a woman on there talking about how she, um, now personalizes her body and calls her body a she instead of an it or her. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like a light bulb went off Mm -hmm. and I was like, yes. And so I wrote a piece. I haven't even published it yet. By the time this airs, it will be published. But, um, I like wrote a letter to my body as a her. And I was realizing like, I was like apologizing to like her for the abuse that I put her through, like Mm -hmm. that she has been there for me from childhood till now. And I like started like writing out all the things that she gave me. I was like, wow, she, she's ran two marathons. She's ran six half marathons. She's birthed three babies. She's, she grew them. She nursed them for over five years. She, you know, all the things that my body gave me. Um, yeah, it gives me, it makes me emotional. It makes me, you know, have goosebumps when I talk about it too, because I was like, if she, you know, she's like a best friend and I like was so mean to her for so long and I tried to make her different than what she was supposed to be. And mm. it just really, it's like that outward shifting of perspective onto, you know, how things really should be. And it makes it so clear for me when I call my body a she. So that's how it started really only a month ago. I mean, I was doing this work, but then I had words for it and I was like, oh my gosh, she's a she. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, just that shift from it, like, oh, my body, I hate it to like, if you replace that with her, what does it feel like to say, oh, my body, I hate her? Mm -hmm. You know, there's, oh, there's, it's a little bit, there's a shift there, right? It's like, we have to take a pause and be like, well, can I, can I? can I say that? Right. Can I say that, which is going to be dishonoring of all the things that she has, has done for me. And this is, I mean, our bodies, that's, this is the longest relationship we've ever had, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. This body that we were, we were born into. Uh, And this letter writing, I mean, that just sounds like it was a really powerful thing for you to do. Um, And yeah, it's powerful. It was, it was, um, eye-opening for me. 
definitely to like write out everything my body has done for me and everything she's put up with. And then, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So talk to me a little bit about your relationship with your body through, yeah, you've, you have three kids. So three, so through the three pregnancies and postpartum and were they, were your experiences different with each pregnancy? Um, did it change over the course of those three pregnancies? I, I work with a lot of women who are in that stage of their life, and um, there are different risk factors, uh, you know, his, you know, historical risk factors that can make becoming pregnant and then having your body change through pregnancy, which it's going to, like very, very purposefully change throughout your pregnancy um, and in postpartum. There's different, you know, different historical risk factors, and, and having an eating disorder, um, a history of having an eating disorder, could be one of those risk factors. Um, mm-hmm. and there can be different reasons why then, you know, becoming pregnant and watching your body change, um, and, you know, stepping on a scale and seeing that number go up very purposefully and meaningfully. Yeah. Um, but then, and then also giving birth to the, your baby and breastfeeding and, and there's so much happening in your body and to your body during this period of time that it can be very triggering and challenging, um, but I've also seen it happen where it doesn't have to be right. And it can actually, for some women be this huge rebirth, like in their own bodies, um, when they witness what their body can do. So I'm just curious to hear what your experience was throughout your, your three pregnancies and postpartum experiences. Yeah. I think it, it was different with each pregnancy. Um, my first pregnancy, I was just really happy to be pregnant that my body you know, got pregnant right away. I had heard a lot about miscarriage and, um, didn't really know like what my body, how my body would handle pregnancy. Um, incidentally in my first pregnancy at 29 weeks, I had my placenta abrupted. So I ended up on bed rest and in the hospital on and off for the last two months of my pregnancy. So that was a whole different, um, story of like, is, is my body okay? Is my baby okay? And just fear that was kind of like, born out of that, um, that trickled into my second pregnancy. I had a hard time trusting my body the second pregnancy because of what happened in my first. Um, although I did give birth to a healthy baby boy, um, my first pregnancy. So the outcome was really great. And so during my second pregnancy though, I just couldn't help it. I was in my head a lot. I, I, I think typically I live in my head a lot and a lot of women do where, I live in this world of what if this happens? What if that doesn't happen? What if, you know, and so it was really hard to be in my body and to trust my body. The second time around, I ended up going back to therapy. And this is the one thing she said to me that really like I held on to and resonated was she said more good things happen than bad mm-hmm. in pregnancy. I said, you're right. Cause I was just filling my mind with all the bad things and all the what ifs and oh my gosh, this happened to this person. And so, um, when I started to focus, it makes so much sense that our brains would do that. Right. Because, you know, our brain's job, our system's job, our body's job is to protect us and Mm -hmm. prepare. And so when, you know, sometimes it's really helpful in doing that. And sometimes, you know, it, it takes its job really seriously and it just, you know, it can, it can surpass its level of helpfulness and, Yes. And, you know, yeah, like all those what ifs, all the like scenarios, catastrophizing, um, all of that is rooted in anxiety and anxiety's job is to protect us. But obviously sometimes those, 
that that constant worrying and that sort of all or nothing thinking, which makes so much sense from like a standpoint of what anxiety think anxiety's job is, is to like make us safe, keep us safe, keep us protected. Obviously, sometimes it gets in the way of us continuing to move forward towards our goals or the things that we're we're hoping to do right. or um, to accomplish. Yeah, just feeling okay. I just yeah. like wanted to feel okay in my body <laughs> yeah. while pregnant. Um, so now that I, I went through that with my second and then my third pregnancy, I was much more calm. I was much more, um, I mean, I did have moments for sure of fear and doubt and anxiety. Um, but I, I trusted my body a little bit more, um, mm-hmm. the third time around to just be like, I am out of, I don't have control over, over this. Um, but I do have control over, where I take my thoughts, um, and the thoughts that I dwell on, not necessarily the thoughts that pop up, but the thoughts that I choose to dwell on. And so I was a lot healthier the third time around. And then in terms of like postpartum, I feel like I have this similar theme each time around where it's just like, gosh, I can't get wait. I can't wait to get back into my jeans, my pre-pregnancy jeans, or I can't wait to like feel like myself again. Um, and, I want to like empathize with women in postpartum because I don't want to ever tell a woman like, just be happy where you're at. Like, Mm. no, sometimes we want to get back to that like place where we feel like this is truly me. Mm. Um, It doesn't mean you have to just take it. You know, you don't have to stay at the weight that you were at when you gave birth um, because we want to feel good in our skin. So that was for me was like a balance of like, okay, being patient and just like learning, like, this isn't the time right now to start a workout program or to focus on losing weight. This is the time to just be with my newborn and nurse my baby. And like, just trust that my body will do what it's supposed to do. And the third time around, I actually, I did it. I mean, there were moments where my husband had to be like, you just had a baby. Remember, like just even like he would, he would still say that like today, you just had a baby 15 months ago. Like, but, um, you know, the third postpartum was much more relaxing because I realized like my body knows what to do. It's probably going to take a little longer this time around because I'm extra busy. And then my body just did this beautiful thing again, but she's done it. This is her third time. And I need to give her a rest. Like, don't make her jump back or snap back. What do they say? Women say, like, don't just snap back. Yeah, and like, and that, whole, that whole messaging and discourse of like, getting get your body back, you know? Yeah. Which I, 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 what I'm hearing you say is like, you want to honor that like there is this pull to not just lose weight, right? Right. Back to your pre-pregnancy weight or whatever, but like to... There's something in that that's also connecting back to your identity of mm-hmm. who you were before you had a baby. And there can exactly. it can be a, a really painful part of the postpartum experience at times is feeling like, am I ever going to feel like myself again? Um, and I actually have a friend that um, I recently talked to and she, we were talking about her postpartum experience and I was just checking in on her um, and she was sharing with me you know what? So she's like, you know, recently I, I just really wanted to wear jeans. Like I was sick of wearing leggings every day. And um, she's like, but one of the like 
most compassionate things that I could that I did for myself, I think, was I went and instead of trying to force myself into jeans that I had worn pre-pregnancy that weren't fitting and knowing that like that was going to feel like a big bummer is that I went and I got jeans that actually that like fit my body now, like really fit my body now. And yeah. she was able, she's like, I was able to put on, she's like, it, she's like, it sounds so silly. And I was like, no, but it's not because I hear what you're saying is that being able to just put on jeans and like not wear leggings every day and just wear jeans that yeah. day, um, was you being able to connect with yourself outside of having a baby and, you know, who you were before you had a baby. Um, at the same time, right. Like honoring that, like you just had a baby and like, mm-hmm. and like, I know for me, I had, um, two C-sections and so jeans were actually really uncomfortable for a really long time and being able to find a pair of pants that like felt good on my body and didn't hurt my body. Um, but still felt like on some days when I wanted to, I could dress up in a way that felt connected to who I was before I gave yeah. like, I, yeah. and she was like, she's like, this is so silly. It's so simple. I'm like, no, but it really sounds like it wasn't so silly to you. Like it was, sounds like it was actually really important that you were able to do that for yourself, both connecting yeah. to your identity outside of being a mom at the same time, honoring what your body has done and like what feels, what, what, what you feel good in your body wearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. And I would, I would definitely recommend that for anyone postpartum that's struggling with wanting to feel back to who they were before. I feel like you're right. It's just like feeling like um, you're coming back to that identity because when you're pregnant, there's so much that changes about your identity. And then when you give birth as well, like you're a different woman after you give birth. Um, And the third time around for me, it was a little bit easier to just like kind of slow down, be patient with the process, but also like do little things here and there when I could like, okay, I'm going to try this new workout. And that felt really good because it was connecting me back to like who I was before I was pregnant. But then at the same time, I wasn't going to do it in the sense of like, I'm going to shed this baby weight tomorrow. Or, you mm-hmm. know, I, I just really um, was having fun, you know, this the third time around and soaking in like, you know, just paying attention to what my body needed. And I really had a hard time working out while I was pregnant. So it felt so good after to be active again. And for me, it was about being active and less of like, I'm, you know, measuring myself or weighing myself. And also something to note is when I'm pregnant, um, I never look at the weight or the number on the scale. Mm -hmm. I always go backwards on the scale. And I still actually do that to this day, just because I know, numbers sometimes, you know, trigger something in my mind that makes me feel like, oh, if it's not this number or if it's above that number, that's not good enough. And Mm -hmm. I think it's ridiculous, but I just know that about my mind. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, you know, it doesn't really matter to me to know anymore um, that number. And I think it's protecting, protecting myself in that way. But um, yeah, and I have a lot of friends too that will call me, you know, right after they've had a baby and I'll just say the same thing to them. Like, just you really have to soak up these days. Like you just had a baby, your body did an amazing thing. Um, be with your newborn, focus on, on your baby and what your body did for you and know that like, trust her, you know, she will come back. She will, um, come back to that place of 
more comfort maybe. Mm. Um, but really it was like, I tried to look in the mirror and see my body in all different forms of like, my husband actually said something to me, uh, when I was postpartum, like new postpartum, you know, Ruby was probably a couple months old. I was still like, you know, had lots of different soft rolls and he looked at me and he goes, wow, you look like Aphrodite. And I was like, oh my gosh, thank you for that picture. Because I remember seeing that in like the Louvre in Paris. And I was like, she was beautiful and she had rolls and soft curves. And I was like, wow, I kind of do look like that. And I was like, I took it on. I was like, he told me that. And I was like, all right, that's the image I'm going to take with me now because I don't necessarily look the way that I did before I had my baby, which is like, you know, I wasn't fitting back into my jeans, but I was like, I'm Aphrodite. And I just love that. I I love it. Oh, that's such a beautiful image. Yeah. I think that, you know, in so many ways, what I'm hearing from you is that there was a shift throughout your life of initially feeling like I, I need or wanting my body to be what I think others mm. others want my body to look like, what others will see as being um, beautiful. beautiful or worthy or good. Um, and yeah. it's by, it's this like outside standard that Unfortunately, um, at least our Western society has really prioritized or identified as, you know, being what you're going to see in magazines and what you're going to see in the movies and just what you're going to see more of. There's this, you know, it's, that's, what's privileged. Um, and it sounds like that there was a shift for you and it sounds like it took, it's, it's been a long journey in a relationship that has been cultivated and is still cultivating. I mean, you share that this shift in how you talk to your body has just just happened a month ago, right? But that yeah. there was this shift that's happened where it's it's no longer what the outside world wants to see in my body and will value and will see as being worthy, but it's in really tuning inward to your relationship with your body. Yeah. Um, and and it sounds like for you, your your partner also is is, is, is a part of that too, you know, and he was able to bring that that image to you and like in the beauty that he sees in your body, but you were also in a place of receiving it because I think that you've already done that inner work and you've cultivated that relationship that when he said that you were able to receive it and not just receive it, but be like, Oh yeah, you're right. (laughs) Um, and and then to honor that for her, you know? Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. It is. It is a definitely different place that I have. I've, you know, I've been in places where I'm like, yeah, I feel good in my body, but I have to keep it up. I have to like work out like every day, or like you know, just and and that wasn't necessarily that healthy either. And now I've kind of found that balance of like, I like to work out. If I can't make it happen every day, that's okay. I trust my body. She's she's gonna be mm-hmm. fine. And if I'm working out and something hurts, I slow down. I walk now. I and I'm like not telling myself, you you know, you need to do this and go hard and go for it. There's so much I'm learning about the masculine and feminine energies in our bodies. And for so long, I've lived in the masculine part where I've been going, 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 doing, 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 achieving. That's very much the masculine energy. And the feminine energy is kind of more go with the flow. 
and be okay and um, listen and slow down instead of always producing. And so I'm learning to get in touch with that feminine mm-hmm. side. And it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's wonderful. And I think that whether we identify as male or female, both of those energies can ha- are so mm-hmm. much value and can have a place in life. Yeah. Uh, and what I'm hearing, because you said like you began to trust her, your body, but it also sounds yeah. like happened though, Chrissy too, is like your body began to trust you, right? Like it began to trust yeah. you that you were going to listen and that you were going to to ease and to pace and to show compassion, but to also come back to the things that feel good for her, right? Which is movement. And, yeah. um, and it sounds like that's, yeah, that's something that you connected with. So Chrissy, mm-hmm. if there's, if there's a, if there's someone listening here, if there's a mama listening, and if you were to offer her some support or things, tools or things that have worked for you, um, whether it's related to developing a new relationship with your body, body love or embodiment, what would you say? What would be that message? Mm, there's so much. Okay. For one, and you can start today, just keeping a gratitude journal. Um, and writing out every day, something that your body has done for you that you're grateful Mm. for, um, that immediately shifts that, um, mindset of lacking to having. And so it could be something as simple as I'm so grateful for my hands that I can wipe, you know, my baby's bottom with it, or that was the first thing that came to mind or wash these dishes or write this article or do this work. My hands are like, can you imagine how hard it would be to do any of that stuff without hands? Yeah. Like, um, so the other thing would be, um, yeah, just getting real detailed about gratitude, um, and what your body does for you instead of how you want it to look. So what does my body achieve for me instead of, um, you know, how does my body look? Um, and the others would be just start really meditating and, um, some of my favorite meditations are free. You know, they're on YouTube. One of my favorite persons to follow is Krista Black Gifford. She's at the whole woman on Instagram and she's talking all about femininity and owning your body and learning like what the feminine body, um, is supposed, you know, does and how, how it works basically. So I'm like, wow, I never knew this like about my cycle or things like that. And I'm just really like appreciating my body for the first time for how it's just so intricately made. Um, so yeah, I would start like kind of listening to that and other people like, um, Michaela Boehm, she wrote the, whole, uh, a wild woman's way. I'm reading that right now. Um, and she coined nonlinear movement. Um, and it's like, I'm not a pro at it, but I love it. It's like you put a song on and you just let your body move how Ooh. it needs to. And usually it's a song without words. So I just like, you don't get caught up in your head. You really just let your body move. And it is amazing for releasing trauma and all sorts of junk mm-hmm. that is in your body. And so I actually wrote a guide for people on how like you can start loving and living in your body today based off of those tools that have helped me the most. Um, so yeah, if you want, you can find it on my website, chrissypowers.com. Just type in embodiment um, or how to love your body and it'll pop up. Um, and yeah, I'm. those are the things that first come to mind oh, and the things that I've done to start loving my body. But 
And then also having boundaries around the negative talk because I don't expect myself to like ever be perfect at this and never have a negative thought about my body. But when it does, I totally recognize it more. I red flag it. And then I don't follow that thought. So it's like I'm not consistently going down like, oh, if I only just looked this way and my legs fit into these jeans and they look like that girl. And they like, you know, if if I can just red flag that and just be like, okay, I'm going to now shift my thinking to, like I said, the the appreciation I have for my body, but also what my husband says about it. Like I start thinking about like, or I start accepting compliments when other people have told me things. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to accept that. I'm going to take that. I'm going to think on that when I'm, you know, feeling negative about myself. Mm. Um, yeah. And then, like I said, just going back to like, what has my body achieved for me? It carries my soul. What have I experienced in this life that has given me so much joy and pleasure? And it's about that for me now more than looking a certain way in a certain pair of mm. jeans. Oh, Chrissy. <laughs> so good. Can you send me the links to um, where people can opt in for your guide and some of these other yeah. resources that you shared? I'd love to share those in the show notes for anybody who's listening. Yes, I will definitely send you a link for that so you can give it away. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Chrissy, so much. Where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me. Uh, my website is chrissypowers.com. And um, there's links at the top to all the things that I offer, meaning I have a course called Find Your Voice, A Mindful Approach to Making Your Passions Profitable, which I just relaunched um, on um, November 29th of um, 2019. So it's um, open. And also on Instagram, I'm at Chrissy J Powers. And I love DMs. I'm I'm trying to get better at answering all of them, but honestly, like I have to have boundaries around that because that's family time usually. So, um, but I love, I love answering DMs sometimes via voicemail back. So if you, you know, ask me questions, I'll send you a voicemail back. Um, and you can also just contact me through my website, Christy J Powers. And then I have a really great group on Facebook called Grow With Gratitude. Um, so it's, it says that it's closed, but if you ask to be in it, I'll invite you in and there's like pre-recorded videos on there on different ways you can grow in your life in gratitude. And one of those is body image. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's me. That's where you can find me. Oh, Chrissy, so much good stuff. Thank you so much for your willingness to come on here, share your story. My hope is that, and I know that it will touch others who can resonate, even if it's just with one small part of it, um, and just to be a witness to your story and your growth and for you to offer, be so generous in your offerings of support and tools and resources. I'm just so grateful to you, Chrissy, grateful to be your friend and grateful to have you here on the podcast again. Well, the feeling is mutual. I love you and I love being on this show. So thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Chrissy. You've been listening to Holding Space Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the information that was shared in this episode. If you did, you might want to subscribe and be the first to hear about future episodes as soon as they air. Thank you so much for sharing this space with me. Have a great day. Bye.